you know. Yeah, so let's talk about what you're wearing right now. So <laughs> you are wearing the Nick, the old school classic Nickelodeon bucket hat from the 1990s. You're wearing the classic slime inspired shirt from the 1990s. Nickelodeon Studios crew. Yes, sir. You know the deal. Well, I don't want to give too much away, but like I want to make it seem like it's a commercial, yeah, like yeah, a yeah. 90s K commercial as well. So that's what you're going for with this yeah, upcoming release. Yeah, definitely throwback vibes. So the work on the 90s kid music video. Um, I'm definitely getting like the final production. I just recently uh, got an email from the videographer and um, he was basically sending me the mood board pictures and stuff like that. And I just looked at it today and I was like, okay, this is definitely the vibe that I'm going for between the American Dream Mall, the 90s kid room, um, the the playground scenes, and then there's also going to be uh, like a, well, I don't want to give too much away, but like I want to make it seem like it's a commercial, yeah, like yeah. a 90s kid commercial as well. So that's what you're going for with this yeah, upcoming release. Yeah, definitely throwback vibes, so... You know. Yeah, so let's talk about what you're wearing right now. So <laughs> you are wearing the Nick, the old school classic Nickelodeon bucket hat from the 1990s. You're wearing the classic slime inspired shirt from the 1990s. Nickelodeon Studios crew. Yes, sir. you know the deal. So let's talk about that. So why Nickelodeon? Why this merchandise? Well, I'm obsessed with Nick. <laughs> um, I just saw a picture of me too, not too like a few weeks ago, and my sister had that. Not the same exact color, but she had the Nickelodeon Studios shirt. And we went to Disney oh, wow. World. Yeah, like when we went to Universal Studios, like exactly 20 years ago. Um, she had the same shirt on the same shirt on. And I was like, oh my God, like that looks so good. And then um I saw a video with Pete Davidson and he had a blockbuster sweatshirt on and he said he got it from Dumb Good. So I was like, oh, let me go check check out that website and then i saw like the website and i saw that they had nickelodeon stuff so i was like let me get that because you know that that's definitely good marketing and promo just on fashion alone so dumb good is uh it's a merchandise company yes they have like all the classics oh, every wow. every classic yeah so mm -hmm. 90k is the album that's going to be coming out and 90k anthem is the lead single from this project so what this project. So let's talk about this project. What inspired this project? So the idea of the 90s theme for the anthem, for the single and the album, why 90s? And when did you first think of this? Okay, so it was, it was like when COVID first started to really take over. It was in March of 2020. And I was just feeling very nostalgic. Like I was like, damn, like I really feel like I'm in a, a kind of transitioning phase. I was fresh out of college. Um, I had to work full time and stuff like that. So I was like, I really just miss my childhood, like even more so than what I did before. So then um, I was telling my sister, I was like, yo, like, I don't know what I should do, like music wise. And she was like, you know, you're always talking about like 90s stuff. So why don't you do something throwback? And I was like, yeah, you know, you're right. And then in the beginning, the project, I, I was going to be more inspired by like Justin Timberlake and Destiny's Child. But then I started thinking, I was like, you know, I'm obsessed with the song Return of the Mac. And like okay. that, <laughs> and, okay. and California Love. Yeah, and they yeah. had the G-Funk samples and stuff like that. It was, it's very like G-Funk. So then I was like, you know what? Let me do something funky because I do love funk music. And then I started hearing like beats on YouTube. And then when I heard the first one, it was from Elect Electric Productions. And that's how I got the samples, well, the beats for Swell, Summer Shading, Bachelorette. And um, yeah, that was that was definitely the concept 
of it. So that was the very beginning concept of this record that's going to be coming out. So you've been in the studio a lot recently. It has it on your Instagram. You've been at Studio Square Productions. Is that the name of the studio you've been at? Yes. Okay, cool. So with this album and this single coming out, when did you first start working on it in terms of recording and production? The very first idea came from Spring of 20, but how long have you been in the studio writing Ooh, and recording? That's a good question. Uh, August 2020, because I was taking vocal lessons in person and online as well because we was in a uh, quarantine so um the first studio that i went to was jam box shout out to lee because he made summer shinding and ariel too uh he was the background vocals on that and ever since then i've been in the studio for the past couple of years so oh, wow, that's pretty cool yeah so even the music videos you have on your youtube right now you have bachelorette you have swell you also have summer shindig so you finance these music videos on your own? Yes. So let's talk about independent music video production. So how did you go about getting these videos set up, financing them, and executing them as an independent artist? Walk us through the steps for other artists that are watching. Right. So um, I, I went on Thumbtack. Uh, at first, I just Googled video productions in Staten Island. And then um, I just saw Thumbtack online. So I was like, let me check that out. And then they had all these different videographers. That's how I found my vocal coach. Um, also, uh, my makeup artist. Also, I found her on Thumbtack. And from then on, uh, the first video, it was shot by... I'm going to be honest. I forgot who it was because I only worked with them one time. <laughs> but uh, the, second, the second video was Swell and Bachelorette. And that was actually shot with my vocal coach because she's a, a videographer, her and her boyfriend. So they shot those two videos as well. And financing the videos, um, I was working at Amazon at the time. I mean, I still work there now, but like occasionally. But I was working at Amazon and I would do like, because nothing was open. Yeah, yeah. So I just had to like keep busting and keep grinding. And then I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. I got unemployment last year, and then I started using, I started using those checks. And then like, um, why not? You're putting it back into your career, into your business. Exactly. So honestly, the unemployment checks they were kind of like a loan, if you kind of want to say that. But mostly, I I paid for those videos on my own. And I, can I talk about cost? Or, yeah, of course. Yeah, talk about whatever you want. I yeah, love that. Yeah. yeah, the cost. Um, some exchanging that was a thousand. Swell with the videographer, the dancers. Um, the location. I shot that at FD Studios in Queens, Long Island City, Queens. That was fifteen hundred because of the fact that I got an edit from somebody else who they they videographed my uh music video acb shout out to golden cut productions um samish and adam they edited the swell video bachelorette and acb and uh bachelorette that one was like i want to say that one was like 1300 because i shot it in a limo so a limo was like i want to say 300 a little bit over 300 um, I shot it also at the Arlo Hotel in Soho, and that was like two seventy. And then this is renting it when it came to the limousine in the hotel, right, for the Bachelorette video. Yeah. And when it comes to renting out these locations, 
Did you do it for a few hours? How did it work? So other artists know. Yes, I did it for a few. It was actually a little bit longer than a few hours um, because of the fact that uh, when we got into the hotel, like they they didn't book us right away because of the fact that there was something wrong with another customer. So it did take a little bit longer. And then they like the, you you're into videography, like you know that. So yeah. you know, like when it comes to cameras and setting up, that takes a minute. Yeah, like it takes a while to set up the camera, the mic, yeah. the lights, and stuff like that. So it was going a little bit past production, as I mean, a little bit past the time frame that we intended it to be. But um, yeah. So it it was a few hours. Um. Also, what else did I have to pay for? Uh, I feel like that was mainly it. I mean, the pajamas and stuff like that. But I had to get it edited from Sanish and Adam Golden Cut Productions. And that came out to be like thirteen hundred, with the editing being like three seventy five or three fifty. The three seventy five was part of the thirteen hundred dollar budget or additional. That that's included in the thirteen hundred. Yeah, oh, and yeah. This is for Bachelorette. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of people don't always realize the extensive production costs and the different process. And even what you were talking about, mm-hmm. you're not just playing the role of a music artist. You're also being a record label. You're being a manager. You're managing finances. You're running the books on your own career. Right. Would yeah. you find that that is challenging? Hell yeah. Hell yes. That literally takes a toll on my mental health. And honestly, before I got into like doing all this music stuff, like I was the type of person to be like, oh, you know, it's going to be hard work, but it's going to be fun hard work. I didn't think it was going to take a toll on me like mentally, financially, physically, emotionally, yeah. like just everything yeah. was just taking a toll on me. And I was just like, yo, like, I don't know if I could keep doing it, but it was like, I already spent all this money, so you got to fight it. Like, I didn't yeah. have a choice. You got to finish through. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So, um, that yeah, like, anybody who wants to pursue music, don't think it's just going to be you in the studio, like, posting videos and being cute in the studio and just singing and posting it on Instagram and TikTok. Like, you are, like, your own boss, which is a beautiful thing because working for yourself is a amazing thing. Yeah. But it is a toll and it is a investment that's something you're going to have to invest on. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah. It is. It's a great thing being your own boss. I mean, I've always felt this and I've told this to people. I'd rather work 100 hours a week for myself than 40 hours a week for someone else if I can. But it's a lot of hard work. There's a lot of sacrifices. It's a lot to balance and maintain, but at the end, it'll be worth it. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So out of all the videos you've put out so far on your YouTube, has it been a favorite? Yeah. I keep, you know, like... I was thinking, I was like, is Bachelorette my favorite? But then I just keep looking at that that black shot of me and Swell. Did you see that shot with me, the dancers? I and believe I was, so. It was like middle of the video. Yeah. And I was like leaning back on the chair. I was like, that is, that's hot. Like, yo, that came out fire. Like, I'm sorry, but it's just something about Swell. Like, it just keeps ringing to me. Do you have a favorite video? Oh. Um... It's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. I mean, it's you see the effort and you see the production put into all of them, mm-hmm. especially as an independent artist. It's great to see because right. it is. It's not just about the music. It's about so much more. But that's the exciting part, you know. Right. It's it's a lot. You know? Right. That's really yeah. cool, though. Yeah. yeah. Even when you were recording those songs. So when you were recording them, you were producing them. Did you work with outside producers? Did you also have a hand in the production? How did all those tracks come to fruition? Okay. From the production standpoint. The production. Okay. So, Swell 
Some Machine Thing, Bachelorette, those songs I got off YouTube. Like I paid for it on YouTube. You found the the, the compositions. You found them on YouTube. Yes, but ACB. I had a, a producer make that beat from scratch. I was like, yo, I want something that sounds like Ice Ice Baby. And, okay. Okay. <laughs> and um, yeah, he did that. I didn't even go to the studio for that. He just sent it to me. But the 90s K anthem one, I went to IMI Studios. They're located, I think, on Clinton Street. That's like the lowest side of Manhattan, lower east side of Manhattan. So anyone who wants to check them out, you should. But um, yeah, that one, that one was scratch. Uh what else? I guess like since we're talking about the singles, I'm gonna just say for those, like what the production was. But yeah, I had Ariel. Shout out to Ariel. He made a couple of beats on the the record too, and so it was like half scratch, half like brought off of like YouTube. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Yeah, half a couple of producers you knew, and that mm-hmm. you've ne- networked with, and then also a couple where you found online. Yeah, that's how it goes a lot of time. Right. Yeah. You yeah, find yeah. it from different sources. There's a lot of great stuff out there. Yeah. You know what I mean. So with this upcoming album, the '90s theme album, '90K, how many tracks is going to be on this whole album? Ten. 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 I feel like ten is a good amount. It's not too low with five, but it's not... I don't like albums when they have too many songs. That's just my per take on it. Like, I don't like when it's, like, 20 songs. And this is... Another thing with me is for me and, like, future projects that I put out, like, music-wise, I want my project to have a theme. I want it to tell a story. Like, I don't want to just put out music and it don't tell a story. Like, Summer Shinding is very storytelling. Bachelorette, storytelling. ACB, you know, I got a daughter. Her name's Sally Mae. Like, I'm talking about, like, college-wise. Like, yo, I thought college was going to be, like, a good point for me. But it it really wasn't. Like, I felt it was very unnecessary. So, definitely, definitely I want to be a storytelling artist. And I want to portray that storytelling in my music and in my videos as well. Yeah. And through my clothes. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's a whole package. That's right. a really great point that you brought up where with your music, you want to tell stories. You want it to be a cohesive story. Some music artists do that. Some music artists, they don't do that. So why do you want to tell stories? I feel like music is so powerful. And I feel like with my come up story and just being from New York City is just a storytelling in itself. And one thing about me is I love Biggie. Like, I'm obsessed with Biggie Smalls. And he's a storyteller. Yeah. So, like, that's definitely something that I could relate to. Like, you know, growing, he's Jamaican, I'm Jamaican. So, it's like, we, I don't know. Like, that's just something for me. I don't want to just make music about, like, <laughs> twerking and, like, love songs. That's just, I, like, I'm not in love. So, why would I make a song about being in love if I'm not in love? Like, I want to talk about, like, real stuff. And I want people of all different genders and ages to like you know relate to it i don't want to just go to like one certain type of person like i want guys to listen to my music as well i don't want it to just be females so it's just like for me yeah yeah as a songwriter you can make and create music about whatever you want yeah you have the power and the freedom to do that right that's what that's the beautiful thing about being an artist yeah because sometimes some days you feel some way and other days you feel another way Right, exactly. Yeah. It's not always set in stone. So, talking about even the records and what, how you want to be a storyteller with your art. So, with the 10 songs on this album, do you have a full track list that you could reveal to us on the show? Hell yeah. So, run us through the track list, the song titles, these 10 songs. <laughs> okay. So, one is Summer Shaming, two is Qualified, 
three is catalyst. Is it? Uh, four is illusions. Five is a little interlude to like break, like, because five out of I ten. I got you. I got you. Yeah. So I was playing these games. Six is El Cabron. Yeah. It, it means like, it means like a, a, what is it in Spanish? Like a bad guy in Spanish. Uh, seven is Swell. Eight is Bachelorette. Nine is ACB and 10 is Throwback 90s K Anthem. Is this the first time you're revealing publicly the track list of the upcoming album? Yes, sir. You heard it here first on Miltrick Media. <laughs> How Let's <have> you... go. <laughs> That's exciting. That's really exciting. So you were born and raised in New York. Yes. How have you? How do you feel that New York has inspired your artistry and your career as an artist? Uh, in so many ways. You know, like having a father who's an immigrant and like, coming here from Jamaica and like being like my parents they're two different like they're both black but they're two different ethnic ethnicities so like having a mom who's African-American and having a dad who's West Indian it like brought a different sense to me especially growing up in New York we're such a melting pot and like we have so many different cultures and we have so many different like we just have so many different um background to us and that has definitely been a huge part of like my upbringing in New York and like the hustling and like you know I I have other hustles as well like working at um clubs or like I I work at um what you call it I'm a background actor I just did a oh, nice I just did a movie with Zendaya so shout out to her do you use, <laughs> do you use backstage yes yeah I've used backstage too Oh, you're on TV, Sue, like you do? I, I did a couple of gigs back in 2020. Like, one of them was background acting. One of them, a couple student films. But I tried it out because I just wanted to learn about it. How do you get into that business? Yeah. Did you like it? I liked it. I still have backstage technically, but I haven't researched or applied for anything recently. Just been busy with everything else. But, mm -hmm. yeah, I still use backstage. I pay for the yearly thing. Just to check out productions in New York. There's so much going on. Right. There's it so much going on. I mean, yeah, like, you know, just being in the background, you, you do gain a lot of experience. It's not just you being in the background. You're just, I mean, yeah, you're chilling and you're just like, you know, like, if they say action, you walk. If they say cut, you stop. Yeah, yeah. But, like, you do learn a lot in this business. Like, you learn about the hours. You learn about the, the terminology that they use. You learn about... 100%. Like, where they want you to be placed. You learn about... You know, just like how the directors move, the makeup artists move, how the the production assistants they work so hard. The people, um, the camera crew, the boomer, just everything. You learn so much, and music and film they go hand in hand. I feel like I was just gonna so, say, do you feel that those experiences that you've had working in the film, television, and doing acting gigs, do you think that that knowledge can be applied to the music industry? Of course, I agree. Of course, like yeah. even with working these long hours and stuff like that, like, it could be tiring, but it's like, this is the lifestyle that you, like, this is what's going to be taking place and stuff like that. And just, like, doing the same thing over and over and over again, like, you know, it could be tedious, but it's like, they're looking for the best cut. So it's like, that's something you have to get used to as well. And, like, traveling as well, different locations. Yeah. It's not always just going to be, like, at Central Park, you know, you could go from Central Park to the Empire State Building yeah. in, like, a few hours. So, it's, like, you know, it's definitely something that you have to adjust to. But it's a great job. You know, it's something that I definitely take insight on. Um, 
definitely something that I could use even for my music and stuff like that. It goes in hand yeah, with the music video production. I agree, yeah. It's so, a whole different aspect to it. Why I signed up for Backstage and why I want to learn about that industry, because I thought that the networking and how you learn about the productions, like that stuff could help out your music career. You never know who you may meet. I thought that, you know what, maybe this could be really cool and I could apply it to my music career. Of course. Going on gigs like that, like let's say trying to get involved with productions or like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you'd agree with that too, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. It's a hustle too because once you get booked, that doesn't mean you're going to be booked for like the whole week. You could be booked for like a couple of days out the week and then like the next three weeks you kind of asked out. So yeah. it's like, yeah, it's a hustle. It's something like you have to just create stamina for it to keep building like your endurance and like, okay, one production, one TV show, they don't want me. Okay, go to another one. Just like keep applying and applying to it. Yeah. You'll get it. Yeah, the only experience I had... The only time I got paid, a paid gig, because I just did one, it was March of 2020, right before the pandemic. And mm-hmm. it was March 12th of 2020. I was in Jamaica, Queens. Mm-hmm. And we were doing extra work, background work, for the Showtime show, City on a Hill. Oh, yeah, so the casting. We were, just, we were just outside in a park. And I don't know if it made the cut, but it was a long day. And we learned about the production. We learned about what they do behind the scenes. And we just had a, you know, we were walking around, looking busy, it was based in the 80s when mm-hmm. they said cut, stuff like that. Like, it was cool to see the production. It was a really interesting experience. It was right before the pandemic hit, March 12th. Yeah. That was the only paid gig I ever did in acting. Do you miss it? I mean, I didn't really learn. I didn't get to do a lot and enough for me to miss it. Mm. It was just a one-time thing. I didn't expect to even get it. They just needed background people. Mm-hmm. So it was a unique experience. Right. But it's really cool that you've also been through that as well and how that could be applied to your music industry and your music business. So, besides this album coming out, who are your biggest musical influences? Um, I definitely love Michael Jackson. I love Beyonce. J-Lo is definitely, like, one of my biggest. Um, who else? I like Janet Jackson a lot. Definitely 90s, 2000s artists are definitely, like, huge influences to me. Um... I love 80s music. I'm a huge sucker for 80s music, like Madonna and Prince, how we just talked about him. Yeah. Um, Who else? Like, I love, like, funk and disco music. So that's something, like, even though this is a 90s project, I definitely love, like, that funky disco, like, dancing music. And even hip-hop-wise, I love Biggie, Pac, um, Jay-Z, LL Cool J. I love LL. Like, I'm a huge LL Cool J fan. And even with the bucket hat on, it's kind of giving me, like, 80s LL Cool J, you know, um, I need a beat type of LL, so. Yeah. yeah. And with this upcoming album, the 90K album, who are the exact influences for that album? Um, That's a good question. Because, you know what's crazy? Like, I was really influenced. I was really thinking of Justin Timberlake. And then I was like, uh, I think I might save that influence for the 2K project. But I think Bruno Mars and Mark Morrison, like Return of the Mac, like that was mainly my biggest influences for this project. It was uh, definitely cool. Bruno, when he came out with 24 Carry Magic. Yeah. Like when I saw him in person, I mean, the concert in person, I was like, Yo, I want to do a project like what he just did. Yeah. So besides this 90K project, you're also working on a 2K project? Yes. So what can you tell us about that project? (laughs) Well, 
I, I just got some of the lyrics down, but it's definitely, it's, it's going to be like a part two to 90K. Okay. But it's definitely going to be 2000s influence. It's not going to be, it, it might, no, there's one song and it's going to be an anthem and it's going to be, I don't want to give it away too much, but it's definitely going to be an anthem that's going to be influenced by California love and yeah, I could say that. But I'm going I'm to be dressing more like 2000s for that project. I'm going to look completely different. I'm going to have, like, my hair, like, you know, longer and stuff like that. I won't look so, you know, kid-friendly. <laughs> but, yeah, it, it's it's definitely going to be a cool project. I'm looking forward to it. That sounds exciting. So after the 2000s-inspired project, are you going to be going into a 2010s-inspired project as well? Some influence, yeah. yeah. I have, I have, I'm going to be That may be in the works. Yeah, I have, like, the first five projects already, like, listed in my head. Oh, great. Yeah. That's great. Mm -hmm. So then even moving on to this, I wanted to ask you this because you're an independent artist. I'm an independent artist. What advice do you have to up-and-coming independent artists trying to, make it in the, trying to make it in the music industry? What's your advice to them to stay motivated and to stay on their mission, their grind? I would definitely say, like, I know it's hard, but I would definitely say you need to really sit down and ask yourself, do you really want to do this? And like, you really need to ask yourself, do you, do I want to invest so much time, money, energy into, because people need to realize like your dream is really a sacrifice. Like that, this is really going to be something like you got to give something up for this to succeed. And whether it might be the money, whether it might be like, you know, if you're with a, a a significant other, you might not spend as much time, you might not see your friends like that. You really need to sit down and think, like, is this worth it? And you you really need to also understand, like, you are going to get told no. Like, the word no should be something, like, you should be used to. I know it sounds crazy, but, like, people are going to tell you no, but you really have to just get your own keys and open up your own door. I agree. Hearing the word no, it shouldn't be a deterrent. Yeah, exactly. You need to hear it more times than yes. Right, Just yeah. keep moving. Right, exactly. You said it best. Yeah. So how long have you been pursuing a career in the music industry? When did you first start and realize, I want to be a music artist? At what age? Oh, I was mad young. I'm going to say like four or five. Like once, like my dad, he used to like take me and my sister, well, my sister and I to Brooklyn to to uh go to my family's house and stuff like that. And I remember I used to hear the songs like, you know that song, Lady, Hear Me Tonight? That song, and One More Time, Daft Punk. You know, the Daft Punk song, I believe yeah, I heard. Yeah, that yeah. one. Um, like, when I used to hear those songs and just think, I was like, yo, how the hell are they on the radio? Like, how how is there a sound coming out that radio? Yeah. And then once, like, my mom, she put my sister and I in, like, the choir and church and stuff like that. I was like, okay, this is definitely something I want to do. Oh, like, so you grew up and you were in the choir? Yeah. Yeah. So that was something, like, I always did. And then um, it, it was just something that I felt that I could do. Like, I always felt like I was a creative person. Like, even in school, like, when I had a creative project, I would put, like, my all into it if I felt like I, if it was music-related. Like, I'll never forget, in middle school, we had to do a project, and it was, like, you either had to pick the soundtrack to your life or you had to do something else. And, I, of course, me, like, I picked, like, a soundtrack to my life, and I had, like, all these songs on it, and it it, it felt good. Like, it felt like a release to, like, express myself yeah. through that. So, yeah. That's cool. 
So last but not least, when is this new album coming out? When is the release date? Um, I definitely want to say fall. Yeah, like we're already in like the the mastering part. So definitely in the fall, like you should be on the lookout for it. And I'm definitely going to promote the hell out of this. Because I ain't spent all this money for nothing. Like just to keep it in the vault, like nah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exciting though. You got to let it go. You got to get it out there. It's going to be really exciting to see. So where can we find you on all social media platforms? Michaela, let the audience know all of your social media handles. Okay, so my YouTube channel is underscore official Michaela. My Instagram is underscore official Michaela. And my TikTok is underscore official Michaela. But the Michaela has two A's in it at the end. So, yeah. You spell with a a K, right? No, it's official M-I-C-H-A-E-L-A-A. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. My yeah. bad. All right, cool. Any other thing? You have TikTok, Twitter. Did you mention that? Oh, yeah. My TikTok is underscore official Michaela with the two A's. But, oh, wait. There's, um, what is that thing? It's like the bar and it's like low. Is it, It's not a hyphen. It's like a lower hyphen. Underscore. Oh, yeah. Underscore. Yeah. <laughs> I think I just said that. But <laughs> It's all good. <laughs> but, um, yeah. I don't really have Facebook like that. I mean, I sure. Wait. I don't it's know. All I feel good. like Facebook is kind of whack. <laughs> Listen, you could even promote your music on MySpace and LinkedIn. Yeah. I should be like, like my post. Like, <laughs> like, hey, listen, check out my new single, 90K on LinkedIn. Yeah, exactly. You never know. You never know. Or like, if you if you like my post and my music, I'll rate you one out of ten. <laughs> oh, remember that? Yeah, like yeah. my status. Like my status for a TV honest and rate. Yeah. Back in 2010. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> well, Michaela, thank you so much for sitting down with me. Oh, another. wait, can I can I show the back of my... Yeah, let them know the back of the shirt. Hey, the Nickelodeon okay. Studios. Yes, sir. That is the classic OG Nickelodeon. That's like late 90s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace to the um the Nickelodeon Studios in, in Florida. Yeah. They but that's cool to see the Nickelodeon influence. Nickelodeon was iconic to our childhood. But Michaela, thank you so much for sitting down with me on another episode of Miltrick Media. Michaela is a Staten Island-based... Singer, songwriter, dance, hip-hop, and funk artist is a new album coming out soon, 90K. Be on the lookout for that. Check her out on social media platforms. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode Woo. of Miltrick Media. I'm your host, Miltrick, and we will see you soon.